but yeah, it was just amazing just to have them there. And um, yeah, and while the result, you know, obviously didn't didn't go as I'd hoped, sort of thing, um, you know, just having them here and um, yeah, and also you know post race now as well, um, you know, being able to you know sort of spend some time with them and to you know reflect a bit and um, and stuff like that. And um, yeah, and just I think just knowing you know that they you know they love me regardless of any result that I have, and it's not. Yeah, like they they don't they don't care to a certain degree about the result as long as I'm you know kind of okay and as long as I'm happy. Kia ora Koto, that was Scotty Hawker. I'm Matt Raymond, and I am Eugene Bingham, and this is Dirt Church Radio. Interesting conversations with interesting runners. Quickly, you've heard us banging on about uh, the recovery benefits of currents for some weeks now, and we fully stand by the product. I jumped on the Bingham bus to Paintown this morning, and um, I've been doing some pretty heavy training. Went out for a run with my old mate. He was on fire. I was hurting. I was a bag of hurt. Uh, and currents help with recovery. I'm, there's lots of scientific articles about them. If you go to the website, currents.co.nz check them out I love them uh, if you use the code dirtchurch at currents.co.nz you can get 20% off your first order and they are so confident in their little little current little current effects that they will give you your money back if you don't get the recovery benefits that you think that you might so currents.co.nz dirtchurch sweet code 20% off they work I'm still a mediocre runner are not, are not. But if you want to be a VIP, there's a quick way to do that. Jump on to the Wild Things website and sign up as a Wild Things VIP. You get 15 months for the price of 12 if you use the code DCR2022. Uh, you do that, you get access to a whole bunch of things. You'll feel like a VIP, you know, you'll just be like riding in limos going to cocktail parties, doing all that sort of stuff. Plus, you'll have access to uh, a huge range of benefits via the Wild Things uh, Club. So go and make sure you check out wildthings.club slash register and use the code DCR2022. Go to ultraspire.co.nz, buy the Vibram, not the Vibram, the Ultraspire Zygos 5. Sorry, my brain's still destroyed from that run this morning. Buy a Zygos 5, they're great. Um, Ultraspire.co.nz, our pack of choice. Here's three good things. There's lots of good things, but here's three good things about further faster. Otutahi Urban Adventure Race coming up September 10th. Um, fundraiser for my health foundation, which is Kids Mental Health in Christchurch. Uh, they want to make it a sellout event, so if you go to furtherfaster.co.nz, Urban Adventure Race, key that into your browser, and you'll be all good. Speed Freaks, recovery, people in recovery. If you've got any gear that you don't want, feel that you need, outgrown, um, bring it in, especially women's gear. Um, amazing, goes to an amazing cause, and the gear will be well used. And Further Faster, do a women's group a safe space for women to run in the Port Hills, especially in winter. Um, ton of fun, engaging every second Tuesday. Um, 
yeah, led by Jen, who works at the shop. What more do you need to think that this isn't the best little independently owned sports store in the known universe? We go something like further, faster, there in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jacob is delicious. Go further, faster, now. Go further, faster, there in Christchurch. Rocky is hairy and so is Badger. Jules is nice and Jacob is delicious. Go further, faster, now. Dirt Church Radio. 209 episodes of the Dirt Church Radio podcast. We have made it. Yeah, we certainly Quite amazing made it. sometimes. We astonish ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got there in the end, but we um, did. <laughs> I mean, my my, I'm a little bit foggy. Uh, we had an amazing run in the forest this morning, um, yeah, over hill and dale, and you know, changing things up a bit. But my goodness, uh, yeah, just brilliant, brilliant. Uh, the weather's getting warmer, um, and it was great to be out with my old mate running. Uphill and down Dale. Yeah, it was good. We sort of did one of those runs where you end up going out on a certain course and then decided to change tack, and we did, and mm. it was good fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Cool times in the forest, yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, it's the kind of run that you imagine Chris Lucas would have prescribed for us, having haven't listened to him last week and listened to his philosophies around coaching. It was a great conversation, wasn't it? Yeah, Chris Lucas was is the man, and um, we got lots of like people went. It, it it got a lot of engagement. People were really into it, and you know it, it speaks to itself that you know he might not be the most well known running coach out there, and certainly at the moment we hope that you know that is coming. But you know what a great story, what a great mm. um, co-popper, and you know what a great human being so check out yeah. that episode 208 of dirt church radio this yeah. week speaking of coaches speaking of coaches has he got any um, other claims to fame apart from coaching you uh, yeah coaches <laughs> me which is the uh, i am the albatross around scotty hawker's neck um you know probably why his utmb didn't go so well as he was looking through my training picks but um scotty hawker uh, international professional trail mm. running legend um Christchurch boy and all round good bloke. I had the privilege of catching up with him. He was very generous um, whilst he was on holiday with his family um, in Spain, and we had an amazing conversation, uh, which I'm very very excited to to bring you. Yeah, and I mean, I was gutted to miss this conversation, mm. but I know um, you know you have steered the ship brilliantly as you do, but. Look, I, I mean, kudos to Scotty. We had him on two years ago when he came third yep. at UTMB. Like straight afterwards, uh, he jumped on. He was like, yep, no worries. And he, he, I mean, it was a great conversation in which he just, we were able to dive deep into why, you know, how it had gone right. And he didn't hesitate, did he, in coming on this time around when it hasn't gone so well for him, you know, mm. at UTMB, he ended up, um, you know, having to pull out and he'll talk all about that. But, you know, I just want to say big ups to him for doing 100%. that. You know, the easy option was like, Hey guys, I don't feel like it. Um, yeah. you know, I just want to, you know, mm. go and put a blanket over my head or something, but no, nah, he, he fronted up and he chatted and that's the measure of the man really, isn't it? It's the measure of the man. You know, he's been on a bunch before um, mm. and, and 100%, you know, it's never uh, – This again, this man's a 
professional trial runner. This is his yeah. job, and it's it, it never feels like a press release. It's just yeah, you know, you're always getting something out of it. So it was fantastic, straight from up. the heart. Mm. Yeah, mm. fantastic catch up with the old mate. But look, before we move on, Patreon patrons. Thank you to our Patreon patrons. Uh, if you want to set up a regular donation or make a one-off, then you can find us at patreon.com slash Radio. But if you're not into it for whatever reason, that's totally cool too. Dirt Church Radio is for the people. FKT alert time. Hang on, I thought... I thought Sorry. FKTs went away when COVID did. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, what are these then? Not mm. sure. Not sure. Uh, and also, if you don't know what an FKT is, fastest non-time. But yeah, the um, runs previously known as FKTs back in <laughs> pandemic times, a couple of alerts. Courtney Dewalter uh, set an astonishing FKT on Colorado's 160-mile, uh, yes, that's 257 kilometres, collegiate loop trail. She smashed the previous supported FKT by 20 hours. <laughs> Holy moly, 40 hours, 14 minutes. Um, the collegiate loop is formed by the east and west collegiate peaks options of the Colorado Trail, and there's 10,000 metres of elevation gain. Uh, she ran the loop um, counterclockwise, travelled with a crew that met her at row crossings to provide snacks and jokes because she notoriously loves her jokes and her runs. Um, yeah, but astonishing, astonishing effort. Well, not effort. Gosh, that sounds like... Oh, it well is done. an effort. It's an Good effort. <laughs> nice effort there, Courtney. No, amazing, amazing run. But that wasn't what? all. Yeah. So I, I just... that's It's that thing, isn't it, with Courtney, like how she will do things like 20 hours and when she won was it tahoe and she was first by like eight hours like mm. you know you so had time to, to go home and have a sleep come back 100 oh, <laughs> percent. do a taxes you come back <laughs> yeah but that, like that's not all there was a new um bob graham round and again i'm still uh you know riding high on on riskus richard asquith's book uh feed in the clouds, in the clouds. Yeah. and i would recommend that to anyone anyone who's interested in the Bob Graham which is in the Lake District in the United Kingdom. Um, Jack Kunzel set the Bob Graham round record the weekend, shaving almost half an hour off the mark. He finished the legendary 66-mile loop and all of its 42 fells and 27,000 feet of elevation gain in England's Lake District in 12 hours, 23 minutes, and 48 seconds. Now, he took the record off... um, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, uh, Killian Jornet. Hmm. You know, he seems like he's quite good at running, but mm. he previously held the record at 12 hours, 52 minutes, setting it in 2018. And Jack is an American. He's a former U.S. Navy SEAL, apparently, mountain running coach and an athlete. Um, recently set a record on the Tranters Round, which is a mountain circuit in Scotland, and there's a bunch of other FKTs too. Uh, nine, I counted including 19 some on Mount Hood, Mount Whitney, and in Bosnia-Herzegovina because, you know, why not? But I wondered I would, who had those FKTs, actually. In Bosnia-Herzegovina. Anyway. Yeah. I would be really yeah. worried, though, if, if, if you know, old Jack Killian's just got the email, you're not the local legend on the Bob <laughs> Graham round anymore. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> but, I'm, I mean, you know, in all seriousness, that when Killian set that record in 2018, it was like, okay, yeah, that's going to last mm. for a while. Yeah, and 
you know, he hasn't just broken it. He's taken half yeah. an hour off, hasn't he? Oh, 29 yeah. minutes. So, you know, huge effort. And he he, he, sl- he slipped on vapor flies for the last section. I wonder really if this is a home. Mm. Yeah. I wonder if this is a Roger Bannister type moment. Maybe. You know, yeah. Yeah. This is, if, if you know it can be done and if it's been done once and it's been done twice, then. Mm. How long before someone goes under 12 hours? Is that possible? Who knows? Anyway, hey, um, speaking of things UTMB approximate, because we mentioned Killian, so, you know, anyway, do the maths. Uh, a bit of UTMB wash-up. There were some interesting stats that came out of all the races. Um, so UTMB finishes 1,650 men, 139 women. CCC, 1,479 men, 248 women. OCC, 952 men, 381 women. So basically there's an issue there, no matter which way you look at it. Look, now, is it just that women don't particularly want to run UTMB races? Maybe. But then isn't the question why? Uh, You know, there are issues such as coverage of the race. I mean, you know, hands up, we called UTMB the Kelly and Joanne show this year. You know, is enough done to champion the incredible women in these races? You know, basically, there's a bunch of uncomfortable conversations, I think, that stats like this bring up. Mm. And there are conversations that we need to have because otherwise, what will the sport look like in five or 10 years' time? And is that okay? Yeah. Food for thought. I mean, you know, shout out to Sophie Amy Grant. I think of she comes to mind. Yeah. Immediately past guest and 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 real advocate. And yeah. this is the thing, right? Like, yeah. And some races are, are, you know, actually putting steps in place to try and alter the balance. Um, uh, you know, Hard Rock, I know, gets a lot of stick over this, don't they? Um, mm. So, you know, look, it's a conversation that needs having and not everyone likes it, but hey, we're here for it. It's the 21st century. It is. It is. Other news, Exterior Riverhead was happening yeah. today at time of recording. In fact, we got to run around course adjacent. You know, we were all over, all over the forest this morning, uh, mm. swoop, swoop by the event base briefly before carrying on. Um, you know, busy little beavers setting up. So that always attracts, yeah. you know. Th- it's you always know, goody. It's always nigh goody. On a th- I remember the first time I did it, it was nine and a thousand runners and over, over the events and it's just incredible. So Wow. Riverhead's a place to be. I mean it always um, is, sorry. But you know. Anyway. Hey, um now, run camp. We talked about it for a couple of weeks. Uh the good folk at Lactic Turkey, Shauna Madeline, uh put on a run camp for youths. For the youths, yep. um, out at Cuddy Cuddy, and it was on this weekend and you, you got to you got to swing by. Yeah, well, I got to drop my daughter off, who mm. was at said run camp, and checked out Cuddy Cuddy and all its incredibleness. And for those listening overseas who don't, or in other parts of Aotearoa who don't know what Cuddy Cuddy looks like, okay, um, Jane Campion's film The Piano, yeah, that's Cuddy Cuddy. So if you go and 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 any, you know, just Google The Piano, and you'll see those windswept you know, vistas, that's Cuddy Cuddy. It's pretty much one, looks like one of the last places God created um, with all the leftover rocks and sand. But, <laughs> you know, we'll hear from Madeline Collins in a, in a little bit. She's, she's you know, she's got an update for us. Um, so we'll, we'll listen to that. But there's an issue with the chain. And if you've listened to Dirt Church Radio, you'll know that Eugene and I have had several runs, the Anafota Loop, White's Track, um, down to White's Beach, and this 
purported chain and, and Eugene and I have never ever been able to find the chain. Um, and I was walking back with Lola and Aguirre and she's like, oh yeah, we went down, you know, went down to that beach again that me and her ran the other day and found the chain. Um, <sighs> and it doesn't seem like a big deal, but it felt crushing to me. It did. <laughs> oh no, I'm excited because now we have someone apart from Sean who yeah. has actually, because I was starting to think this is a figment of Sean Connell's imagination. No. Um, but no, it actually exists. And you're going to be able to get very precise instructions on how to find said chain. You've actually got to rock hop around the point. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's not on the, because, yeah, you've, you've got to rock hop right around the point and then you climb, mm. up, climb up the rock face with the chain. Yeah. Because, you know, why not? Yeah, yeah, because that's the way that Sean likes to run so anyway let's hear from the camp i'm madeline collins one half of lactic turkey events and i am just going to tell you all about our wonderful weekend that we've just had with a whole bunch of junior trail runners a couple of months ago sean collins the other half of lactic turkey events had a great idea that we should run a training camp for juniors doing trail running we both used to do lots of training camps and orienteering back when we were teenagers and have such fond memories of them. But also it really helped us um, to, to develop in every way um, as humans, but also as sports people. And we noticed that at our events, lots of adults come to them and have a great time socialising and running, but the juniors kind of don't have that community developed yet. And so we thought, well, why don't we give them the opportunity to learn some of the broader ideas around trail running in terms of keeping yourself safe, having fun, um, doing training, all of those ideas, but also begin to build that trail running community in our rangatahi and our, our younger people. So they've got all of their tanks being filled up when they go running, just like us adults do. So we had our first trail running junior training camp and that we can just been, and it's so exciting that we we made this happen. Um, and I just have to say straight off the bat that there's no way we could have made it happen without support from so many people. We both wanted to make it really accessible to as many juniors as possible, which meant we wanted the cost to stay very low. And of course, camps are notoriously expensive, but we had um, we gave our time for free. We made nothing out of it. Just a whole lot of fun. That's what we got. Um, but uh, we need to really give our thanks to Dirt Church Radio for their support, um, covering a lot of our costs in the food. Kari Kari Surf Lifesaving Club. They gave us great mates rates on the club as our camp venue and beautiful, beautiful accommodation there and an amazing view to wake up to each morning. Um, plus, we had a few experts come out and help us over the weekend, which I'll tell you more about. But they all gave their time generously and willingly and freely. And we really couldn't have made it happen without them. So, so we're so grateful it just is such a reflection on the trail running community of of how we all pull together and support each other. I love it. So the weekend went like this. Everybody arrived at about 6pm on Friday evening after, of course, a big week at school. We had some very awkward introductions, as they always are at the start, um, and then straight into some dinner and some fun games. Now, we didn't let the um, kids have Wi-Fi. There was Wi-Fi. We told them there wasn't any. 
but then they figured out that there was, but by then they were having too much fun to care. So there was no phone access, which was wonderful. So they all had to talk to each other and play games. So there were some classic card games and other games, and then they all headed out to play Spotlight. Good use, um, a good time to practice using head torches, but also they just had such a great time as well. A solid hour out in the dark, climbing trees, hiding in the long grass. Brilliant. Such a great way to set up their friendship. Saturday morning, we got up and breakfast was at 7.15 and then out the door at 8, ready for a run. Um, now, the run was not too long, um, but it was probably about uh, just under 6 kilometres with about 350 metres climb. So hilly, just over 5% vert. It had farmland, single trail, beach, bit of rock faces to climb up using chains that were there to help them and um, some gravel road as well. We gave them the focus on that. We were teaching them skills for how to run uphill and downhill with good technique and how to run on those really tricky, muddy single trails with good technique so that they um, stay safe and feel strong doing it. Um, Then after the run, Back to camp, quick clean up, and then we had the wonderful Mickey Willard in there to do a session on nutrition with the with the kids. So she really told them how important protein is in their diet and also how important it is to just get plenty of calories every day um, and to start the day in the middle of the day with lots of protein. They then had to plan their own meals, um, what a meal would look like for a day to get the Mickey ticky of approval. Um lunch and then we did a little session on what gear to take when you go for a run, what sort of bags you might use, what's important to take, like an extra warm layer, first aid kit and so on. After that we, downtime and the beach was right there so we went and did lots of beach games and fun which we didn't as adults didn't have to help them with at all, that just evolved and it was brilliant, they did like people towers and up onto the like the high dunes and rolling down them and jumping down them and hours well not hours but a lot of fun like um doing that um and then we had Kate Farmer who's a lactic turkey supporter from way back she was actually proposed to by her now husband at one of our prize givings um but she is a GP and she came out and did a session with the kids on what to do if there's an incident when you're out running or in a race in terms of somebody falls and hurts their ankle or someone collapses or or so forth and how to, how to do the first aid but also how to get help, which is super essential. Um, <clears throat> after that was dinner and then a little session on how you plan a, a training week um, and and how much to train and, and how to keep their body safe by not overtraining at this age. And then finally, we all geeked out on that Saturday night watching a range of trail running movies. It's so funny, all these young people geeking out, watching UTMB and, and documentaries about Courtney Joe Walter. And oh, it was very fun and funny. Um, and then it was the last day already, just being a weekend camp. So Sunday, again, up breakfast and then another run. Um, uh, about six k's again, similar amount of climb. And this time the learning we were hoping to give the kids was um, about keeping on going up a hill when you feel tired. And more importantly, the focus was on group running etiquette. So that, you know, 80% of our running should just be chilled running. So we should do that with other people because it makes it more fun. Um, but how to run safely in a group, how to think about other people 
what what they need to be doing if they want to go out and run with other people in a group. They got back from that um, that run, which was just over an hour, and, and not an easy run, um, to find Liam from Ascend Fit there with a strength and conditioning circuit set up ready for them. So they did an hour of that, which was brilliant, and some stretching as well. Um, and then that was the end of our camp, and we waved them goodbye. Um, we tried to have the whole weekend so that we really role modeled the learning that they were doing. So the food plans that we took, um, that we made, making sure that the food met what Mickey was telling them about what was really good choices for their food, making sure that um, they were wearing the gear and we had the gear that reflected what we were teaching them about safety. Uh, and our group runs, just doing group run etiquette, um, so really trying to reinforce the learning by role modeling it throughout the weekend. Um, as I said before, we had no Wi-Fi. So the kids played so many games, board games, card games, hide and seek games, just good old fashioned fun. But we really lucked in with an amazing bunch of kids. Um, truly, we were so lucky. They, they were really cool kids, a real variety of kids, but really open to just getting in and helping out and and having a really good time, which was made our job so much, so much easier. We had some feedback from parents already, um, positive feedback, thankfully. Uh, so we had an email yesterday from a parent saying that their kid didn't stop talking about the camp the whole way home at all. Kept telling her all about the running and the knowledge she'd learned and that she wanted the camp to be longer um, and how much fun she'd had. And another person has already got in touch saying that they've planned out a couple of weeks of training and, and could we have a review of it and, and give them feedback on their plan. So these kids have really kicked off with some enthusiasm from a weekend away. Yeah, we're stoked. So to summarise, we're stoked. We're really excited that it went super well. The kids were amazing. Our helpers were amazing. Our support was amazing. And it was actually quite a restful and reinvigorating weekend for us, which I was surprised at, but I'm very happy about so um even I guess I think probably by Saturday morning, Sean and I were already planning our next our next trail running camp for juniors because we we were stoked and we saw the spark that was already lit in them just from this little bit of a session. So we will be definitely having more. We haven't got the exact date yet, but late April or early May next year. Uh so yeah, like middle of autumn um will fit better. Uh, we will get those dates out as soon as we can. We'll just check with some accommodation and other event dates and then we'll get those dates out and advertised. As I said at the start, the, the reason that Sean and I wanted to do this was that we see all of the adults come to our events and they're filling up all of their tanks, getting into the outdoors, going for a run, but having that really fun social time as well. And we weren't seeing that in our rangatahi. They might come and race the event not really know what they needed to do or bring and not chat and have fun afterwards. So we wanted to build up that community and build up that, I guess, um, that knowledge in those young people that they are doing the right thing with trail running and what they can do to be better and stronger and be able to keep running for forever. So keep your eye out for the next one. Tell all your friends and we'll put some dates up as soon as we can. Nice one. Ditch Radio. Thanks, team. And what a great, great thing to have done. Mm, 100%. Brilliant. 100%. I, I, I bloody 
run an adults camp out there. It looks fantastic. Like oh, it just, and that upgraded surf club is just amazing, isn't it? Pretty actual Gucci stuff, yeah. Mm, mm. Okay. Greatest, greatest run, run ever. ever. Greatest run ever. Greatest run ever, which is the part of the show where we ask you to write into us and tell us your greatest run ever. Doesn't have to be a race or a mountain summit. Might just be a run around the block. Something that's sung to you for some reason. Send them in to us at Dirt Church Radio at gmail.com. Now, sometimes we get an odyssey, like a literal or a Beowulf or even Chaucer's Chronicles length greatest run ever. And sometimes we get more sort of bijou greatest run everettes, which nonetheless are, you know, quite quite gorgeous and 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 packing the packing the greatness. But we decided to compile some of those into, you know, we, we've got a three-peat of greatest runs ever because they're quite short. But yeah, here we go. First one, Kayla McKenzie. Greatest run ever for me so far would be the Kepler Challenge I ran last year, my first ever ultra. What makes Kepler great is the amazing views, and it was a bluebird day, the varied terrain to keep you guessing, and the inquisitive care were a massive highlight for me. I fell over and scuffed my knees up. Yeah, I hear you on that one, sister. And she says, typically clumsy me, so I still have the scars to remember it by. Such a mind game. Would love to tick some more off the list. Oh, yeah, we're both familiar with uh, scuffed up knees and Kia at Kepler. Absolutely. Mm. Next one, Val Spooner. Greatest run ever for me is when my mood is low and nothing seems to be going right, but I drag myself out and say, you must do at least 25 minutes before you can go home. And then the run just keeps going and the endorphins are released. And most of all, I try to remember how good I felt for when this will happen next time. Mm. Absolutely. We've all been there, haven't we, Val? Mm. Mm. It's often those ones where you don't want to go. Yeah. Which are the best ones? And this is our last greatest run ever for today. Ashley Dollamore. Hi there. I thought I'd send in my greatest run so far. I'm sure I'll have many better runs to come. So I've been reluctant to send this one in, but it's held a special place in my heart for a year or so. There was nothing particularly interesting about this run. It was just a training circuit in my local park, which I'm out in several times a week. It was a beautiful sunny day. I was flying, my feet hardly touching the ground, an almost meditative state with that elusive runner's high. It was one of those moments where I was completely in the present and everything felt like it was right with the world. Shortly after that run, I had a knee injury and couldn't run for several months in the lead up to and recovery from surgery. During that time, I kept coming back to the memory of that run and the almost childlike joy I'd felt. It was a period of frustration for me, not knowing how serious the damage was until after the surgery, but holding on to that awesome run got me through. Now I'm out running again. I'm not fully up to speed yet, but the prognosis is good and looking forward to my next greatest run ever on the horizon. Ashley. Awesome. Thank you, Mm. Ashley. Thank you, Kayla. Thank you for our three small but perfectly formed greatest runs ever there absolutely um thank you the rest of you keep sending them in see they don't need to be huge they don't need to be long they just need to be great and include runs or be run approximate uh run adjacent so uh send them into us dirtchurchradio at gmail.com okay on with the interview scotty hawker house from christchurch professional trial runner sponsored by vibram and kailas third at utmb in 2019 second last year at ccc and he had Big hopes for this year, which you'll hear in the conversation. And it's always Scotty's warm. He's clever and engaging. This is awesome. So I'll, I'll shut up and let this epic talk speak for itself. Enjoy. Dirt Church Radio. Scotty Hawker. Kia ora, bro. Welcome back to Dirt Church Radio. Kia ora, How bro. How's it going? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. good. Man. Not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah, going all right. Hey. 
I mean, first off, jeez, oh, man, you must be feeling a little bit gutted um, about the weekend yeah. for a whole lot of reasons. <laughs> but I just want to check in with you and just see, you know, like how you're doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, gutted is probably understatement of the year. But um, yeah, just um, yeah, just. I mean, obviously, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it didn't didn't, didn't go even remotely close to how it was kind of supposed to and should have and could have and and all that kind of stuff um so yeah i mean it's definitely i mean like a lot of things just you know as you know kind of hours and days are going by it's sort of um yeah just starting to process it you know sort of bit by bit um but yeah just at the core of it just um yeah <laughs> just gutted like just yeah just i mean it i mean i don't want to say it couldn't have gone worse but yeah it was pretty much as yeah rough as it kind of could have could have gone and um yeah, I think that's just the yeah probably the most very frustrating part is um yeah the race just didn't didn't even really get a chance to get going so yeah pretty bummed. Mm-hmm. I mean you, you're so right you know it couldn't have, uh, unless you like I don't know broke your leg and the bone was sticking out yeah. that would be worse yeah. but that's <laughs> yeah. a that's an actual catastrophe <clears throat> and I mean because you had the it's not like if I tried to podium at UTMB right like my build up. <laughs> Uh, probably not the best, but it sounds like you had a wicked build up. Yeah, and I think that's um yeah, I think that's probably one of the hardest things or the kind of the toughest pill to swallow is that um yeah, like every and I sort of said to people when I first arrived to Europe this year from from New Zealand and um, you know, like it was literally the first time I'd ever jumped on a plane to Europe with a body that was like, Hey, we're gonna we're gonna hit the ground and we're gonna be ready to rock and roll sort of thing and so you know, kind of right from you know, almost the first run that I did in teen, you know, I was just like, man, this is just so cool. You know, like I'm finally in Europe. I'm, you know, getting about to, you know, get into a training camp for UTMB. The body's feeling really good. Um, you know, kind of like life, life outside of running was really good as well. And so I was feeling like in a really good space. And so I was just like, you know, here we go kind of thing. And I was just, it was just exciting, you know, like I was just pumped and, um, so really just to get into training and, um, had a lot of good friends in team this year, a lot of, a lot of Kiwis actually, which was amazing. Um, and so, yeah, training, honestly, like, I mean, obviously training can always go better, but like, honestly, you know, hand on heart, you know, if there were boxes to be ticked on the training plan, like they were getting ticked left, right and centre. And it was the first time, you know, in my career as an athlete where I was just literally going week after week after week, session after session, just ticking boxes, feeling good. And, um, yeah, just just really just getting stuck right into the whole process and just loving it. So um, I think that's kind of one of the most frustrating parts of you know UTMB not going so well this year is that um, yeah, I just I just felt so ready, man. Like I just I was just like, if I can just honestly, like if I had have just gone out there at UTMB on Friday night and ran you know a solid training run, it would have kind of. I felt like it probably would have been pretty decent as far as results go, let alone having like an amazing kind of like race kind of thing. So, um, yeah, that's probably the hardest part is, um, yeah, I just, I mm-hmm. felt so ready and so prepared. Um, and then, yeah, literally the race just, just didn't even get started. So it's, um, yeah, pretty frustrating. I mean, what did that, because uh, you have dealt with, like you said, like life outside of running was going well and running was going well. You've dealt with some significant challenges in both realms. You know, you've been really open about that. But what was the, in terms of the running side, I mean, when did, 
you've faced some injuries. You know, you had your catastrophic kind of ankle <laughs> thing couple. going on and then you had a couple, a few, and, and, and you've come through it. When did you kind of get the sense that at what stage leading up to this that, you know, like, shit, I'm doing pretty good? Yeah, I think it was um I think it was just back home in, in, in Christchurch. Like I was just um yeah, I was just like sort of doing doing some sessions and um, you know, just some some long runs on the Port Hills and stuff and um like I was just it was almost like I was just doing some runs where my legs were just like, Give us more, you know, give, give us more, we can we can take it, like, you know, and it was sort of when I got to a point in training where it was sort of like you know, run after run was great, but then I was just linking like week after week kind of thing, which obviously, you know, as athletes, that's the, you know, the holy grail or that's what we're, you know, aiming for in training is that, you know, you know, obviously the gradual build, but then when we're getting into the consistency where it's sort of from run to run from week to week and then month to month type thing, that's where, you know, a lot of the magic sort of can start to happen and, uh, you know, creates a massive platform and scope to, you know, obviously grow as an athlete. And so, yeah, I just remember having a few runs in Christchurch where it was just, things were just flowing so nicely i was just feeling great um the last session that i did in christchurch um before i flew out um, to france um yeah i did did a hill repeat session um, i think it was five or six by three minute hills and then into like a 5k moderate effort on the flat and um yeah just felt just so controlled on the hills and then got into the 5k and you know ran the, the 5k and like i think it was low 17 or something and i was just like oh, okay like i mean it's not you know it's nothing super fast if you're just looking at 5k but after the hills i was sort of like oh, okay you know things are things are starting to roll you know pretty nicely um and so yeah and that's why it was just awesome i was just like i literally finished that last session and um last couple of runs in christchurch and i was like man this is this is cool it was like there's not going to be you know 40 hours of sitting on a plane you know like wondering if my body's going to be okay mm-hmm. once i get there and stuff which um yeah, to be honest, that has happened literally every other time that I've been to Europe, and it is a real kind of like, you know, mental battle. You know, you, you hop up and, you know, walk down the aisle on the plane to go take a pee or something, and you're sort of like, oh, you know, is, is the body right, or how's, how's this feeling or that feeling? And so you, you're doing that for 40 hours, and you're walking around the terminal, you know, carrying heavy bags or pushing bags or whatever, and you're just like, oh, you know, don't do too much, just be careful. And um, Whereas this year was just the opposite. It was just like, just feeling good and happy on the plane, just chilling, and um, yeah, just couldn't couldn't wait to get to team and, and hook into training. So, and, and it sounds like hook in you did right, like you, you yeah. managing that managing that travel. I mean, you're so right. And the closer we get to races, or the closer we get to big blocks of training, I think it doesn't matter if you you know elite like yourself or an enthusiastic amateur like you know myself and Eugene. It's you become hyper aware of every single sort of cell <laughs> of your body. Hey, like every little twinge or anything you're like, Ooh, should I, but you had yeah. none of that. You just turned up to teen ready to <clears throat> send it. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. And it was obviously, um, yeah, I mean the, the body, you know, obviously every athlete, there's always something poking its head up going, Hey, you know, don't forget about me. I'm still here kind of thing, even when things are going along well. So it's definitely, yeah, I was definitely as I mean, as I always try to be, just um as in tune with my body as I can. And um yeah, it's just sort of it was it's always nice getting to teen and sort of it's it's almost like the you know, I just become, you know, more focused and it's all the kind of the small one percenter type things that start to, you know, kind of really, you know, start to get nailed and stuff. And so um yeah, nutrition was on point and um, you know, I was I was averaging sort of, you know, nine to ten hours sleep a night kind of thing. Just trying to get really early nights was was the biggest thing because I don't don't normally sort of sleep in 
um, too much. So I was just like, all right, let's, you know, let's nail sleep. So I was, you know, trying to get to bed early and then, um, you know, eating well. And then I kept on, you know, I'd, I'd leave the foam roller in the middle of the lounge. So I'd almost trip over it just to make sure I was, you know, reminded like, hey, you know, add in some foam rolling, you know, get on the trigger point ball and, um, you know, all the, all the small stuff that I think sometimes it's easier just to, you know, get to, I don't know, eight or nine o'clock at night and all of a sudden it's like, you know, oh, okay, you know, it's it's too late, I can't be bothered or whatever. Um, or, or or you do, you jump on the foam roller at, you know, nine o'clock at night and all of a sudden everything hurts a bit more. So you're like, oh, no, that ain't, that ain't happening tonight. And so then, you know, it goes to the next night and, and stuff. So it's just, yeah, I just felt like it was all the, you know, all the one percenters that I was, you know, sort of giving attention to and focusing on. And um, so sort of that combined with, um, you know, all of a sudden being up at 2,100 metres of altitude and um, training up high and, having some, you know, pretty speedy guys and girls to train with um, was just amazing. So it was, um, it was almost like the, you know, all of the kind of moving pieces were just kind of right where they needed to be kind of thing with regards to the build-up. And, um, yeah, and it was just it was just fun. Like, it was at the core of it. It was just – it was wicked. It was like waking up in the morning and it was just like, man, this, this, is, this is exactly where I want to be doing what I want to be doing kind of thing. And, um yeah, I was just, I was just kind of loving it. And, and I think as well, like on reflection, and I've been doing a lot of that the last sort of few days. Um, that's sort of what I'm trying to remember as well was like, you know, just because the race didn't go so well, there's a lot of amazing takeaways that I can take away from, you know, the build up and the whole kind of overall, you know, UTMB build slash experience this year, which, um, you know, and that's, you know, when I think of it, you know, from a slightly different angle, um, it's actually pretty bloody exciting moving forward, um, you know, all at the same time while, you know, obviously the race didn't go so well. I mean, it's hard, isn't it? We, were this the 90s or the 80s, you would have written me a letter. Hi, Matt, I'm in, <laughs> I'm in team, training's going really well, you know, I had yeah. a run with power or whatever, but you had social media and I know that social media is a snapshot of, of, of your day, but yeah. man, it looked like you were having double handfuls of fun. Like you know, <laughs> it, it, it just, it looks like trail running summer camp for yeah. super humans pretty much. Yeah. My cup, my cup was full. That's for sure. Yeah. It was just, um, yeah, like this year was different in teen as well. Like I think it was almost like last year when I went for a couple of weeks before the CCC, it was almost like no one got the email or memo about team. And so I was there on my own for a couple of weeks, um, which was all good. I mean, I was there for a reason, um, you know, to train and stuff. Whereas this year it was almost like it was like send to all in your inbox. Like, hey, guys, we're going to be in team. Everyone rock up and we'll do some cool stuff. And, um, yeah, like honestly, it was funny because um, we were laughing and joking. Like I, I don't run with as many Kiwis in New Zealand as what I was running in team. Like yeah, it was right. just – it was classic. I had, you know, so many good friends from New Zealand there and we were, you know, training and going out for coffees and dinners and um yeah, it was just it was wicked, eh? Like it was just so cool and um, you know, to be to be catching up some, you know, some good friends and then um, you know, I had some other good mates that was there as well. Um and so yeah, it was just just awesome. It was almost like, you know, we, we had a little WhatsApp group set up so it'd be like, Hey, I'm running this today or hey, I'm running that today and it was almost like every run if you wanted to, you could be doing with someone, um, you know, which was really cool to sort of, you know, share that experience, which was um yeah, it was pretty awesome, eh? Spoiled for choice. And and then, you know, you decide to have a little sharp pre UTMB sharpener and you only go and bloody win a, win a trail marathon. How you must have been physically yeah. Yeah, there was um, and it was just 
Yeah. Oh, well, I guess looking back on that is all part of it. It almost makes it even kind of more frustrating, UTMB, because um, yeah, like I was in the middle of a really big training block for that race, and um, it was literally like the Wednesday before the race, and I, I sort of had one of those like oh shit moments where I was like, oh man, my my, my legs are pretty tired, eh? And I was thinking, man, I've got to run forty five k with um, you know, three and a half thousand odd meters of climbing um. On, on the weekend and I was thinking like oh, okay this is going to be interesting and um yeah but you know lo and behold C- coach David bloody worked his magic as he always does and um yeah started the race and the race literally starts with like 200 meters on the flat and then you're straight into a vertical K um and so um yeah it was nuts the, the race is called the Trail de Latindad and um so it starts in this village called Borg d'Oisan which is um basically the base of the climb that goes up Alpe d'Huez and the Tour de France um and so as you can imagine you know being in that part of the world um which i actually only found out a couple of days beforehand that it was near the Alpe d'Huez you know um, part of france and that particular you know obviously um you know super important climb on on the tour and so um i was just like man this is this is going to be cool you know and so i started climbing and i was yeah i was just like whoa man i'm i'm feeling good like this is this is wicked like this is so cool and just moving well up the climb and um yeah, and you know, um, had a had a bit of a not a scare, but a little moment where a young bloke caught me at about sixteen k, and um, he put this like put the hammer down, put this massive surge on, and I was just thinking like, geez, who's who's this guy like? You know, what, what's it, what what are you up to, young chap? He must have been all of you know twenty two or something, right. and um, so he put on this massive surge, and I was just thinking like, oh, this is a training race, but like. No, nah, this ain't happening. So I, I stuck with him for about 5K and then, yeah, we got to a part of the uphill where, yeah, he stopped running and started hiking and that was sort of Scotty's moment to just go, no, nah, not, not today, sunshine. And I, you know, put, put, put a bit of a surge on of my own and, um, yeah, and in the end I just sort of, you know, just sort of was able to go off and do my own thing, which was great. And, um, yeah, it was just another one of those runs where, yeah, it was kind of like just anything that I wanted from my legs. Um, it was, they were just taking it and wanting more and, um, yeah, it was just an awesome race. And so you ended up winning the race and got a ridiculously large wooden sort of cowbell trophy thing that um, I'm going to try and get back through New Zealand customs, which is probably going to be the hardest part of the whole trip to Europe is going to be getting that thing back in. But um, yeah, it was an awesome race, awesome turn up, you know, a month out from UTMB and um, just, yeah, just letting me know like, hey, you're exactly where you need to be in this build up, you know, which was um, mm. amazing. And um yeah, just to sort of have that run and, and also as well, just, you know, the, the time that I ran as well. Um, I was sort of, you know, went in with a, you know, rough kind of time goal of what I was thinking would be, you know, a pretty solid day out and, um, ended up coming in just under 15 minutes under that. So I was, um, yeah, pretty stoked. Um, and so, yeah, it was just a sort of another piece of the puzzle falling into place, um, you know, for the, you know, UTMB build. And, um, yeah, no, it was pretty, pretty exciting to get through that. And then, um, yeah, it's basically straight back up to team, you know, back into training. So, I mean, you've been working with David Roach for quite a while now. Hey, um, he yeah. must have been, you, you both must have been so stoked <laughs> at how it was going. But I, I kind of want to focus on another aspect. And this has been an aspect sort of somewhat out of your control. I don't think I've ever seen a build-up to UTMB that's perhaps more hyped or had more, you know, money and advertising thrown on it. The, the, the sort of – felt like the Beatles versus the Stones, really, isn't it? The, the, the Jim Wormsley versus Killian Journey show. Um, yeah. You would think there was no other runners doing the race. How, how did that 
at any time play on your mind? And if it did, how did you how did you and David kind of manage that stress? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think yeah, I mean probably the one of the, I guess one of the elements was um, I mean as soon as you know Killian stands on the start line, it's kind of like yeah, I mean d- dare I say it, and it's not succumbing to defeat but like you know you need to be honest with yourself and Killian's Killian and he just ran 1949 on a Mm. relatively off day like and that's the reality of it and yeah Killian's Killian and so it's kind of like I don't know like I was looking at UTMB this year in the sense that like I felt for myself that like I could beat anyone standing on the start line probably apart from Killian like and that's just Again, don't get me wrong, I'm as competitive as the next bloke and mm. I love the competition and all that, but it's sort of a, for me it was a simple case of like if I if I have my best race and Killian has his best race, it's, yeah, and it is what it is. Like it's, I'm not upset about it. It's just like, hey, he's got his cards and I've got my cards and we play them and it is what it is. Um, but then, um, yeah, it was sort of just like, um, yeah, I don't know. To be honest, I think the whole hype around the event um, – yeah, it was. It wasn't really anything that sort of bothered me too much because I mean, I've been, I've been here, done it before, and it's. To be honest, it kind of felt the same as any other year, apart from Killian was racing again. Um, because every other year, it's like, you know, for maybe two or three guys that weren't there this year, there were two or three more that you were like, well, it just levels things out. So it wasn't. It didn't really feel any more competitive than than usual um and and as now with hindsight we've seen you know there was there was just as much chaos and carnage as there always is at utmb and so it's kind of almost like yeah the start line list is the start line list and you know it looks cool and whatever else but at the end of the day it's going to pan out pretty similar to the other years of the event in the sense that there's going to be a whole list of like who could possibly win who could possibly podium and then by the time we get to you know Quartermayer, you know, halfway into the race, that list all of a sudden, you know, looks a bit empty and, um, yeah, oh, it's strung out for sure. Yeah. It's been torn so, up. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I, how do you, I mean, it seems like Killian's a genetic outlier in a field full of genetic outliers. How do you explain, yeah. you know, he's, he's hard rock, Sierra Zanal, um, Zagama, Zagama, <laughs> COVID. And then this, uh, the fourth time he's run it. What, I mean, how do you, uh, it'd be good to get your, you know, your opinion as an elite athlete. I mean, how does he keep doing it? He's a pain in the ass, isn't he? Like, far out. (laughs) Like, he's, he's just, honestly, like, he's just so genetically gifted, um, obviously. And, um, yeah, he, but, but also as well, like, he, he works his backside off, you know, like, it's Mm. not like, He's just sitting around, you know, picking berries and running around with unicorns and training like, you know, he's he's working his backside off. And so he's kind of got that combination that I guess, you know, any athlete would dream of in the sense that you're genetically gifted, like out of this world. Um, and, you know, he's five foot seven, 55 kilo VO2 max of 4,000. Like, he's just, yeah. uh, you know, he's kind of, you know, just kind of got it all from a physical and, you know, physiological standpoint, I guess. Um, and then he's just got this mindset of, like, you know, playing the mountains but working hard. Um, and I think, you know, it probably happened a few years ago when it sort of, he probably started to talk about his training a bit more and, 
you know, you realize sort of how into the, you know, kind of the data and the numbers he is and the whole, you know, overall training process. And, you know, I think a lot of the time while he maybe says he's just sort of out there playing in the mountains, there's probably sessions hidden in there. Do you know what I mean? Like it's whether it's a going out and spending five hours in the mountains, but two of those climbs are at a threshold effort or whatever it might be. Um, I think there's a bit of that stuff going on. But um, yeah, he just, yeah, gifted athlete, works really hard, um, you know, and um, he's just, yeah, just just knows what to do. And he's just, I mean, I think his, I can't remember when his first UTMB win was, but it was something like 14 years ago or something. It was 2000 and, 2008, I think. 2008, yeah, 2000, yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's about right. I think he was 21 and he's, yeah, he's 35 now because he's the same age as me. And so you think like literally 14 years between winning UTMBs um, is just bonkers. But yeah, good on him you know like it's um mm. yeah he's just out there doing his thing and um yeah just but yeah he's killian's killian and um yeah i mean to be honest it's just you kind of just look at it sometimes and just just go wow like this is just just nuts you know like the, the scope he's got as well of um you know the shorter distance stuff and then also the longer distance stuff um you know so um but yeah i mean i did, I did get to run with him for you know probably about half a kilometer so that was quite nice but um <laughs> No, we um yeah, it was it was kind of just um yeah, the first sort of ten K I was running, yeah, running with a few guys and Killian was one of them. But um it doesn't I mean it's to be honest, he's just another runner when you're actually out there racing. It's you know, it's just one of those things. As as my as my old man always says, you know, everyone piss and farts the same way, so it's um you know, it's all the same. Um and so yeah, he's just another guy on the start line, um, you know, mm. doing his thing. So And and you know, another guy that that can be that can succumb to the vagaries of of life. I mean, I remember was it two was it last time the race was run or two years ago he he dropped out because he got stung by a bee. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. pre race and it, and it yeah. messed with him. Yeah, you totally. know, and, and and that that took him out of the race. So he there is a maybe if not an Achilles heel an Achilles web between his toes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, exactly. You know, sting him at, at oh man, it's but you're right. It it it's an incredible. You'd almost have to think that he's being too cute to just, like you say, frolic around in the mountains and eat, you know, come home and yeah. eat Tina's pastries and then go frolic again. He's got to Pretty be doing much. that work, hey? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and it, 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 at the end of the day, you know, he, oh, did, did, you know, not on, only won by, you know, five minutes, but yeah, it wasn't like this, you know, crazy, insane winning margin. Um, no. And so, you know, he, he had adversity in his race and then the same, you know, Matthew Blanchard, Tom Evans, Jim Wongsley, Zach Miller, all like everyone's experiencing adversity in the UTMB. It's not like there's only one athlete that does or, you know, whatever mm. it is, um, you know, the, everyone's, everyone's all got a story from UTMB and, you know, you play your cards as best you can to have your best possible race. Um, but yeah, there's definitely, you know, a lot of moving parts to a UTMB. And even as, as well as I know personally, even the ones that go well, where you kind of get a result that you're, you know, you're wanting or you're proud of, um, there's always, you know, adversity kind of filtered through, you know, any kind of performance here. So it's, um, yeah, there's definitely no givens. Mm. And, um, yeah. I mean, you, you look at that and, and not to make this all about Killian, but you look at that, the footage he released of um, him chasing Matthew Blanchard down that final descent. Yeah. You know, and he's working really, and it, it, he doesn't look like he's effortlessly running or well, he's not effortlessly yeah. running. You know, he's, he's, yeah. he's, he's in full flight. He's, you know, he's chasing yeah. him down. He's, he's working yeah. hard. He's hurting. Yeah, for so, sure. Yeah. So, I mean, sorry to, I know, focus on, on, on your race. I mean, 
talk us through it, if if if, if that's okay. You know, what what happened? <laughs> oh yeah, um, so yeah, I mean, it just as I sort of said before, you know, like it just failed to get going, sort of thing. Um, and uh, yeah, so I mean, basically, kind of, I guess, long story short is, um, yeah, a couple of days in the build up, um, yeah, I was just sort of getting getting headaches. Um, you know, I'd sort of wake up in the morning, and um, yeah, my head would sort of be, you know, kind of pounding, and um, yeah, take a couple of Panadol to, you know, to, you know, as you, as you do with headaches, and um, you know, it would sort of dissipate for a bit, and then you know, sort of later on that day, it sort of end up, you know, sort of sitting around going, oh god, my bloody head again, sort of thing, and so. Um, yeah, so, and again, while I was getting headaches, I'm, yeah, sort of not really too sure. I mean, I was, you know, well hydrated and, um, you know, didn't feel, you know, overly stressed or anything. Um, and then, um, yeah, but the morning of the race, same kind of deal, woke up and, you know, had a headache. So I was just sort of like, oh, okay, like, you know, and, and, and I think it's, it's kind of easier to look back on things with hindsight and sort of be able to pinpoint things that maybe happened or how you were feeling. But, you know, when you're in the thick of it, it's just like, I mean, almost anything can happen, but it's like, you know, UTMBs tomorrow or UTMBs tonight. So it's like, just deal with it and move on kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, it was sort of, um, yeah, the first, um, like running out of Lazouche, um, you know, we were running along and yeah, I mean, the first 10K is super, super runnable, but um, yeah, it was just, we were running the same pace that we always run out of Chamonix and, you know, the undulating, undulating section to Lazouche and um yeah, it was just, um, I just noticed my heart rate was just like spiking up to nearly 180, like relatively frequently in that first, you know, sort of like 10K, um, despite running along and like literally talking to mates and stuff. So it wasn't like I was, you know, tongue hanging out and gasping for air kind of thing. And I was sort of like, you know, looking down at my watch and I was like, oh, okay, it's, you know, it's a bit strange and carry on. And then, you know, I'd go down a downhill and it would settle down again. And then as soon as I'd start to climb again, the heart rate would just like spike massively. And this is really, I was running up and uphill or even just hiking up sort of thing. Um, and then, yeah, sort of got to Lazouche and I was like, oh, okay, like, you know, I'm not, not really feeling great, but hey, I've still got, you know, 162 kilometers to go. So she'll, she'll be right kind of thing. There's still time to go. Um, and then, yeah, just literally started climbing up that first climb out of Lazouche. And, um, yeah, my legs just felt absolutely like completely empty. Like it was just, um, it was, I mean, a feeling that I've never actually had before. Like I've had, you know, I mean, everyone's had, you know, training runs where you go out and you're like, oh, you know, geez, the, the legs, legs are feeling a wee bit dusty, um, you know, and you sort of have one of those runs where, yeah, your legs just feel tired, but you can kind of still keep moving and, and moving kind of okay. Um, but this was just, you know, basically like apart from hiking up really, really easily, um, my legs were just, just feeling completely empty. I just had no power and no energy and, um, yeah, not really all that long after. Um, yeah, my sort of my shoulders and my neck was sort of aching and um I sort of just felt almost like I had yeah, kind of like a cold or some kind of I don't know, virus or something that like just body body feeling how it shouldn't have been feeling that early on, you know, into the race kind of thing. Um and then yeah, I was just literally it, it looked as though I'd jumped in I saw a couple of photos now since the race and it literally looks like I've jumped in a swimming pool. Um, you know, I was just completely saturated and um yeah so that was basically sort of what happened early on and then um yeah kind of you know got to got through to look on to at 30k and sat down at the a station with my mate timo who was crewing for me and um yeah sort of he was like oh you know how you going scotty and i said oh honestly man like i'm i'm not good at all and um i could kind of tell by by the look on timo's face he, he really wanted to be like no 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 you're all good bro you're all good sweet right. as 
push on, you know, you, you know, and he was saying, he's like, you know, you've been here before, you felt, felt like crap early on in races and you pulled them back. And, and part of my brain was like, yeah, I have, but, you know, this, this isn't the same. This isn't, this isn't a tight, this or a whatever. This is like, no, I've just, I just feel completely empty. And, and I felt, honestly, I felt like I'd run a hundred K by the time I got to look on to me, you know, 31 K. Um, and so, yeah, from there, I was just, I was, it was just almost like things just unraveled more and more. And, um, yeah, I left Lecontamine at 30 K and, um, I actually ended up ringing, ringing mum. And, um, I was just thinking like, far out, like, what am, what am I going to do? Like, this just, this just seems stupid. And, um, you know, so I spoke to mum for a bit and then I was like, okay, cause she's like, you know, maybe, you know, just try again. And spoke to my girlfriend, Hannah, and she was sort of like, you know, just, start walking and see what happens and just you know just just try again kind of thing and so yeah so I ended up you know pushing through to um basically as soon as you leave Lecontamine you're kind of going into the mountains kind of thing and so you kind of like you either pull out of Lecontamine or you know you're in the mountains kind of thing and so yeah so I just um I don't know now in hindsight I'm glad I did do that because now there's no question of doubt was it going to turn around was I going to bounce back um whereas if I had have pulled out at you know, St. Gervais at 16K, 20K, or whether I had it pulled out of Le Contamine at 30, I think part of me would have been wondering what if, um, mm. pure, purely because of how the, I mean, the 2019 race went, you know, like I was literally about to pull the pin at 50K and then, you know, turn things around. And so, yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad I did push through to where I got through on, on set or Saturday morning. Um, but then, um, yeah, without a doubt, it was, um, yeah, just one of those races where, um, yeah, it's kind of the, the race that you, I guess, kind of dread happening, um, and, you know, really don't want to happen. Um, and unfortunately, you know, for whatever reasons, um, you know, it, it just happened to be on, on, on Friday, Saturday for UTMB for me, which is, um, yeah, pretty, pretty gutting, to be honest. Mm. So you finally pulled the pin and it was around 60 kilometers you pulled the pin? Yeah, 60, oh, 67, I think it was. Yeah, basically, um, luck combahala. So it's about, 15, 18k before Cormier. Um, and so, yeah, kind of just sat down in the aid station and, um, yeah, it was just, I think just sitting down, it was just like, oh, no, look, I'm, I'm cooked. Like, I'm absolutely cooked. There was no, there was no thought process of like, oh, maybe you might be able to turn around, Scotty. It was just like, no, nah, I'm buckled. Like, I'm just, mm. I've, I've got absolutely, you know, I'm, I'm empty and, um, yeah, and, and as well, you know, like for me, you know, obviously going into UTMB and I mean, you know, any race to be, to be honest, um, you know, I have, you know, kind of goals and objectives that I, you know, sort of want to, you know, to try and hit or pretty close to. And, um, yeah, once I obviously, you know, realized that, um, yeah, that wasn't going to happen. It's kind of like there's, as I guess not as bad as it sounds, but for me, there's like, this is, this is my job and it's like, there's absolutely no point in me dragging my backside around for probably what would have been 28 ish hours as a guess. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I just don't really feel like, or I'm, I guess I'm at a point in my career now, like where I just, I don't feel like I need to prove anything or I don't like I'm, I'm doing this for me now. I'm not doing it for anyone else. Um, and so, yeah, it just, it felt like the right decision and the smart decision to, to pull the pin there um and um yeah basically yeah now it's just a case of yeah obviously recovering and regrouping and um yeah 
you know, basically looking looking at the the layout of um, you know, what's next kind of thing. So um yeah, it definitely mm-hmm. felt like the right decision and um yeah, and, and as we sort of chat at the start, like um, you know, I've I've got through, you know, unscathed in the sense that, you know, I'm not injured, I'm you know, I didn't do any damage or, you know, anything like that. And um at the end of the day, I guess as well it was it was just a pretty rubbish sixty seven K long run, you know. So um it was uh yeah, just one one of those ones to put put behind you and um yeah, mm-hmm. sort of, you know, move on and and so you i guess it's that spiral of of that cascade of shit isn't it when stuff happens like that i mean so i'm guessing you weren't able to take on nutrition or if you're feeling so empty you don't want to be doing that and everything else nutrition was spot on (laughs) and that was that that was when alarm bell was kind of ringing as well it was like i was eating fine um you know i was feeling really dehydrated like i was going through an absolute bucket load of water um and uh but your yeah, nutrition was fine and it was just like yeah calories and carbs were going in but yeah the output just wasn't matching you know what i was putting in and the legs just yeah were just empty and so um yeah so i've, I've got to i've got to catch up with um with david this week and we'll you know chat some more and um and, and stuff like that but um yeah it'll be you know and, and i mean i took i took a covid test on on saturday as well um you know just to it would kind of would have been nice to actually be positive for covid because it might have actually explained you know some of the you know the reasons why you know i was feeling how i was feeling um but yeah. that came back came back negative so um yeah so we'll just sort of um you know get back to the drawing board and i'm, I'm in andorra um on friday so i'll be able to go and see a doctor there and get some blood tests taken just to yeah just to, to check everything and just to make sure there's nothing you know sort of underlying going on um you know just to um yeah because at the end of the day like i you know i may or may not find out exactly you know what caused things but at least if i can kind of get a you know clean bill of health you know moving forward and you know getting back into training um then i can at least you know put this behind me and um know that i can confidently get back into training and um you know get stuck back into things and um you know prepare for the next race sort of thing so Mm. must have been really nice to have your mum and dad there yeah, it was magic. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was really special having them here. It was their first time coming for UTMB, and so um, yeah, just um, yeah, just the whole the whole week before the race, and um, yeah, like we went up to the Agüero de Madrid together, um, like up the cable car up to nearly four thousand meters, and um, yeah, just seeing how much they were just you know loving the Chamonix Valley, and um, you know, I did a couple of training runs on the course. Um, so they saw some different parts, you know, of the UTMB course and, um, yeah, mum and dad just love, love running and, and love events. And, um, yeah, they, they were just embracing and loving the whole experience and to sort of be able to share that with them finally at UTMB was, was pretty cool. And, um, yeah, I don't know, I think as well for them to sort of see, I guess, part of my life that they haven't seen before in the sense of, you know, being a professional athlete and being at, you know, the biggest event in the world and all the hype and everything around that. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I think, you know, for part of me doing what I'm doing is, you know, obviously, like, I mean, like any kid, you know, you want to make your parents proud kind of thing. And so, um, yeah, it was pretty cool just to sort of be there, you know, with them and for them to, you know, kind of just experience UTMB and, and all the craziness of UTMB. Um, but yeah, it was just amazing just to have them there and, um, yeah. And while the result, you know, obviously didn't, didn't go as I'd hoped sort of thing, um, you know, just having them here and, um, yeah. And also, you know, post race now as well, um, you know, being able to, you know, sort of spend some time with them and to, you know, reflect a bit and, um, and stuff like that. And, um, yeah. And just, I think just knowing, you know, that they, 
you know, they love me regardless of any result that I have. And it's not, yeah, like they, they don't, they don't care to a certain degree about the result as long as I'm, you know, kind of okay. And as long as I'm happy and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, that's definitely kind of, I guess, hearing that from them and then being here saying that, um, has made the kind of the processing part of it all, um, yeah, probably just a little bit quicker in the sense because otherwise I think if they were still back in New Zealand and were having phone calls, like I'd, you know, as I felt straight after the race, I was just like, man, I've, I've let them down, you know, like I'm, mm. I've, I've failed kind of thing, you know? So, um, yeah, it's definitely nice having them here just to, um, yeah, just to talk to and to be with. And, um, yeah, it's definitely, you know, made this post-race stuff, you know, feel not quite as sort of dark or as bad, I guess, which is, um, here, yeah, which is obviously nice. So, yeah, body language is incredible, isn't it? Like there's that thing about, you know, our, our loved ones and, and, and how we communicate and we communicate, you know, what we say is such a tiny part of how we communicate. It's those micro tells, it's that body language, yeah. you know, and, and the hugs. Know, it's probably, yeah, the hug. You know, your mum yeah. didn't slap you across the face in the A station. <laughs> like no, storm off. No, which, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. And your dad, Jamie, he got he got some. He got amongst the in the oh, UTMB. What did please. he get up to? At least one of us finished a bloody race last week, Barra. And he, honestly, the worst part is, is I'm never going to hear the end of it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he's, right. he, he, he's, he's, he's going around saying that he's the only UTMB finisher from the family for 2022. And no, it was, um, yeah, it was super cool, for, as I say, for them to be over here. And, um, yeah, it was awesome. As soon as the, that new, um, ETC race, um, experience trail Cormayeur, uh, popped up. I, I literally just messaged dad and basically said like hey here's this race and, and i swear he'd signed up before he even got off the phone call kind of thing so he was just um yeah so so pumped to be able to come over here and then to do a race i mean dad's you know not really much of a trail runner he definitely much prefers you know road running and marathons and um you know he's done comrades and, and stuff so mm-hmm. um he loves loves the road but um yeah he's just super keen to be a part of a race and um yeah he 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 suffered like like anything. He'd gone from you know Christchurch where it was probably three degrees when, when he flew out, and um, you know training for the previous months with you know gloves and beanies and you know waterproof jackets and all sorts, and then all of a sudden you know race day was nearly thirty five degrees in Cormier. So it was um it was it was literally in the last couple of weeks in Chamonix Cormier that was the hottest day hottest day that it had been sort of thing. So um yeah it was um it was tough but you know he still he still finished and got his medal and um you know all the memories obviously that go with that and so um yeah it was cool just to um you know be a part of that and um yeah I sort of shuffled the last um you know K in a bit with them, you know, coming back into Cormier. Um and yeah, just um again just yeah awesome to, you know, sort of see him out there doing it and um yeah, sort of just, you know, getting amongst it sort of thing. So it's, so the ETC, that's a 14K, isn't it? Yeah, it was supposed to be 14, and his dad keeps reminding us it was 15.6. Um, there you go. Well, it's important, that 1.6. Yeah, <laughs> I tell you what, he wish it was 1.6 less, you know. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, it was about, it was about yeah, well, 15.6, whatever, K, with, um, yeah, near, just, just over 1,300 metres of climbing. So there was, wow. um, yeah, an absolute heap of, heap of vert, um, super hot, really technical as well. Um, so, yeah, it was, um, they kind of, you know, made it as like the introductory race to UTMB but um, yeah it's quite some introduction because yeah arguably you know those stats it's it's as you know kind of steep and as you know vert dominant as, as any of the races at UTMB you know per kind of 10k kind of thing so mm. it was um yeah, it was definitely a bit of a monster and, and and the and the you know he's he's had some he's had some injuries he's had some surgery the, the body yeah. held it well 
Yeah, yeah, no, he's um, he's going really well actually. Now he's um, still still easing back into things. Um, and um, he actually said that um, I think because of the hiking and because of the trails, um, yeah, his um, his he had a pretty badly bulged disc in his back that he had surgery on, and um, yeah, he said that maybe because of the hiking and the terrain, um, yeah, his back actually felt you know better after that than after you know similar distance or even longer road runs that he's done. So um, yes, yeah, so I told him he'll have to you know keep keep jumping on the trails and um, you know getting amongst that if it's going to be better for the body. So. You know, his um, no, body's pretty happy, which is cool. Might be a new a, a, a new chapter in, in Jamie's <laughs> yeah. book opening. <laughs> yeah, oh, who knows? I think he's I think he's still looking at um, you know, getting back to comrades one day soon. Um, wow. Yeah, just yeah, really, really wants to go back and do that race. And um, yeah, so um, yeah, hopefully his body will keep letting him do what he what he loves doing. And um, yeah, getting getting back on the on the roads and um, getting some good training in again as well. So. What a hunch. And yeah. and so now you guys are, you know, and I guess that's the thing, isn't it? Like you, you would have had your recovery mapped out as disciplined in as disciplined manner, you know, yeah. as your training. And now oh. that's kind of been knocked on its head <laughs> yeah, a bit. I'm, yeah, I'm supposed to feel like a sack of shit right about now, but I don't. So it's, yeah, it's, you must feel you just know, super, super fit and jacked up. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, there's definitely still a little bit of underlying fatigue, um, you know, whether it's from just doing this. I mean, obviously, at the end of the day, I ran 67K, so it's still a, you know, pretty mm. decent long run sort of thing. But, um, yeah, but in, in general, you yeah, know, the, the body's feeling really good. And, um, yeah, as I say, I've got to chat with David um, David um, this week and, um, yeah, we'll chat about the game plan moving forward with, um, yeah, basically getting back into training and um, and obviously racing as well. And, um, yeah, David, from conversations that we had, um, you know, post-race, um, yeah, he's pretty keen for me to basically just jump in a race as soon as – basically as soon as possible – um mm. and um yeah to sort of you know get back on the horse and um and use <laughs> use the the fitness and the conditioning and the form that I'm in kind of thing um and just yeah really just emphasizing the fact that yeah it was it was almost out of my, well I mean it was out of my control with regards to how I was feeling and um and stuff like that and it wasn't wasn't a reflection of you know did I do enough in training or did I you know did I do this or did I do that it was just purely just the body just had a day where it was just like nah you know things things aren't happening for you today and um Mm. yeah unfortunately there's always you know there's always that possibility I guess and you know um you know if you look at any athlete you know like it's it's quite sort of um specific to say you know like on on this day at this time you're going to be feeling awesome at your best ready to rock and roll um and so it's kind of like yeah it's sort of like you need to remind yourself of that you know when things maybe don't go so well in the sense that it's as much as we want things to go well you know at any given time um you know there's no guarantees and just you know the nature of how sort of you know dynamic and you know sort of the amount of moving parts there are to you know having a race and having race that goes well um you know it's just one of those things where um yeah it's just there's there's no guarantees and so i just need to yeah, take from it what I can and learn from what I can. And, um, you know, and, and as I say, like, despite the race not going well, there are just so many positives to, to take from it. Um, which, yeah, it, it's, I guess it's still not that long since the race. Um, I definitely was, I definitely wasn't feeling quite as chirpy and, um, and sort of, you know, okay about it a couple of days ago. But, um, mm. yeah, it's, it's one of those things, you know, like it's just, um, you know, life sucks sometimes and you, you wonder why sometimes or why me or whatever. But at the end of the day, um, you know, you've just got to, you know, take a little bit of a step back and, um, you know, sort of just have a look at things and go, okay, here's what it is. And, you know, here's the cards I've been dealt. Um, and, um, you know, just sort of, you know, moving on and, you know, taking from it what you can sort of thing. So, mm. It's a completely, I mean, 
for anyone, it's a completely rational, reasonable, and congruent emotional response to feel all the the negative feelings. And I guess it, it touches upon you know what you said though. It's your job, man. Like, yeah, I have a bad run. I'm like, okay, how dare you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. if you're feeling good, you're like, how dare you? Um, yeah. But then it's if I have a if I go for a job interview and don't get the job or I do something else and, you know, have a, make a, make a bad decision at work or something I think is going to go well. I'm losing sleep over that. You know, it's a, when you, when your identity is tied up and also it's your source of income. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's probably the thing that, um, yeah, a lot of, maybe a lot of people sort of don't necessarily kind of, I guess, see or realize. And it's probably because of the nature of the job and, you know, where, <laughs> where the job takes place, you know, like it's not a bad office um, in, in, in a certain yeah. sense. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I mean, and, and again, not to, not, I'm not complaining by any, like, I, I love my job, like it's the best job in the world, but um, at the end of the day, like it, it is a, it is a job and, uh, yeah, it, it's one of those things, you know, like, and it's a job in the sense of there's, there's no guarantees from year kind of, you know, month to month, year to year type thing. Um, and in a way it's kind of a job where you sort of almost feel like you're always fighting for your job, um, you know, with, with performances. And so, yeah, naturally when performances don't go to plan, um, yeah, there is a, there is a moment of like, Oh shit! Like I, I might be, I might be out of a job next year. You know, like if I, mm. if I, and as I've experienced in the past, you know, like I had a absolute train wreck of a 2018 season, and um, yeah, like I literally had conversations with sponsors who were like, you know, basically like Scotty, like we, we need something, you know, we we need something to be able to go to the board, the board of directors with, if we want to, you know, validate and justify why we're paying you X amount of dollars, you know, for your salary per year. Um, and so, yeah, there, there is that sort of part of it. And, um, there is that part of your mind that, um, you know, you can't help but think like, oh, far out, like, you know, what are my sponsors going to think? Um, you know, and stuff like that. I mean, and admittedly now, um, I guess I'm at a point in my career where I'm fortunate that I've had some, you know, some pretty big results with UTMB and CCC and other podiums at, you know, world tour races and stuff that, yeah, my, I guess my career is pretty i feel like my career is pretty safe in the sense that yeah like i could potentially maybe lose a sponsor if if i you know don't perform but then i feel like i could hope (laughs) hopefully you know pick something else back up kind of thing um but also in saying that like the sponsors that i do have now with um you know with with me and my running i've been with for you know a pretty long Mm. time now um which is amazing and so um you know and it's just you know like i've got the you know literally got the ceo of camelback sending me a message just saying hey scotty hope you're okay hope you're doing well you know we, we support you 100 percent, like on to the next one kind of thing um and so yeah it's just for me it's like super cool that yeah i'm with brands that you know really value me and 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 regardless of any results like they they just want to know that i'm okay as a person and you know and everything else um and so um yeah it's, it's really cool and, and the same with you know with vibram and with kylas and fractal and and all of my sponsors, you know, like they've just, you know, literally it was almost like as soon as I dropped out, you know, I had WhatsApp messages pinging through just, you know, checking that I was okay and, and everything else. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's nice to know that, um, you know, regardless of any results, you know, I've got that, you know, support behind me, which is, which is cool. And, and even if it just means that, Hey, I don't need to stress so much about, you know, because now it's kind of like, okay, UTMB didn't go well. I really need to make the next one count kind of thing. Um, but there's that whole, you know, you can't go chasing, 
results and you can't go forcing things, you know, because, um, you know, and, and to be honest, upon reflection, um, as well, you know, we've been, been chatting to a couple of mates. Um, I feel like if there is, if, if I did make a mistake this year for UTMB is I feel like I was, yeah, probably chasing a result a bit too much rather than letting the result come to me and sort of, yeah, just letting the, letting the process of, um, you know, Scotty being out there running in the mountains, having fun, you know, doing what he does and then letting the result come off the back of that rather Mm -hmm. than just, you know, directly going, okay, like, you know, you've been third, you've been second at CCC, like, the you know your success mark for this year's UTMB is getting on that podium again and so yeah I, I feel like if I made a mistake which to be honest I think I did make a mistake this year in the sense that I was just yeah so focused on you know getting on the podium and um you know kind of yeah getting getting that big result again um you know and uh yeah I think in you know reflection and you know moving forward to the next one I think I just need to remember just that yeah while I am capable of getting on podiums there's no guarantees and there's also by the way there's 30 or 40 other guys that are also capable of getting on the podium and so you know there's there's no guarantees and so I think I just need to yeah sort of just um you know dial things back a touch with regards to the focus and the you know objectives and you know what I'm going to deem as a success or a failure kind of thing so um yeah there's definitely as I say and that's where yeah while it didn't go well um it was just a bit of a wake up call, um, you know, just in the sense of like, you know, where my head needs to be at with regards to focus and, you know, what I'm trying to achieve mm. sort of thing. I guess it's like that thing you say to me, I mean, you know, it's, 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 and cause we have an ongoing relationship, you know, you're my coach. Um, yeah. you talk about process all the time. And so <laughs> it's that thing, Are isn't it? And I guess listen he, to my own, my <laughs> I, perhaps I am from, you know, and, no, and, and yeah. you're in my, ch- you're in my chair now, buddy. Um, yeah. so, so it's the sense of, um, and I guess that in terms of your sponsors too, what do your sponsors see or what do, what do people say? They see a process, you know, yeah. like you totally. could be a, a, com- a complete, you know, a real dickhead. I'm not saying you are yeah. a real dickhead, but you, someone could be a real <laughs> dickhead and go out and win races. And if yeah. they were a dickhead all the time and that was the portrayal of them, I'm sure that there'd probably be a couple of sponsors that'd be like, yeah, it's worth the, the juice is worth the squeeze, but yeah. it's process, isn't it? And it's, yeah. it seems like we're, we're, I don't know, it feels like we're moving towards that process rather than that goal, Yeah, perhaps culturally within the running space. I'm not sure. Um, maybe yeah. that's a bit woo-woo, no. but... No, I think I think it's um, it's so important, and 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 again, it's funny because you obviously value the hindsight and and stuff like that, and like like I if I had a dollar for every time I said to a client, you know, in a, either in an email or a message or a phone call or whatever it is, I say, look, okay, okay, Frank, like you know, you're going to be racing five times this year, okay, and so if we look at it as say, okay, you're going to do, you know, say five runs per week, fifty odd weeks of the year, that's two hundred and fifty, sixty odd runs, like five of those are going to be races, and so whatever percentage that is mm. it's it's bugger all and so we really just need to embrace that process and em- embrace you know you know the, the races for what they are as being the celebration the fun part the, the the part where you go out there and just you know try and don't worry about winning the race win the competition of who can have the most fun in the race kind of thing you know like just enjoy it and and stuff like that and um yeah, I think there's again that's where I sort of feel like I did kind of you know get things a little bit wrong is that I was so focused on the outcome and not the process of what was going to get me to the outcome. Um, and and again, yeah, again maybe with some more reflection I'll be able to sit back and go, hey, despite 
thinking that I was feeling pretty good and chilled out and, you know, not worrying about stuff too much. Maybe, maybe I was too focused on the result. Maybe I was, you know, kind of putting my stomach in a bit of a spin because I was thinking about the race and the performance and, you know, standing mm. on the podium and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, the, again, more, you know, the, the, the debrief process or the processing of this year's race um, is definitely not done. And um, no doubt as soon as I get back out on the trails again, stuff's going to come, you know, come flooding back in and, um, you know, whether it's stuff specifically from the race or, you know, whether it's from anything maybe that I did in the build-up, um, you know, and stuff like that, there might be some little kind of pieces that I can, you know, sort of pull out and um, maybe get some, you know, some feedback from or info from sort of thing. Um, but, um, you know, there's definitely a lot to take from it. And and at the end of the day as well, as I said, you know, I mean, I'm as fit and as strong as I've ever been at the moment. And it's almost like I honestly, and that's as, as my coach, you know, David said to me, he's like, Scotty, we just need to get you on a start line again ASAP, you know, like just to, to get out there, it, the next race might not be the best race. It might not be the result, whatever it might be. But as long as I can just go out there and have a good run for me and a performance for me that I'm, you know, kind of like happy with and proud of as far as go out there, you know, push push hard, run smart, do all the things that I kind of want to do. If I can mm. kind of, you know, get that out of my system, then, um, yeah, that'll just help to, you know, reset and sort of refocus things and, um, yeah, get, get some runs back on the board and, um, you know, get the momentum, you know, rolling again. So. Mm, it's yeah it, and i guess this is the thing too like yeah you, you probably thought you could have got on the podium because you've been on the podium you know it's that <laughs> different i know so that's the thing right it's, yeah i know yeah. it's yeah, just it's, i think it's just and even oh it's just uh, uh, yeah <laughs> it's just even even just like looking at the times that were run this year um, you know, like I, I basically had my splits for this year's race to run twenty thirty nine, and um, you know, I was looking at those splits with like super confident, like I, I can, I can run, I can run twenty thirty nine, and so like to see the way that the race played out, um, you know, I'm not saying that I'm going to go and run nineteen forty nine or nineteen fifty four, um, or you know, and again, anything can happen, but I think just. And yeah, it's kind of a double-edged sword in the sense that like I look at it with like crazy frustration because I'm like, man, I, I would have been right there, you know, like had I run remotely close to what I, I know I'm capable of, um, you know, and, um, but then on the same token, as I say, you know, there's, there's no guarantees. Um, and you know, just because you write down some numbers on a piece of paper, you know, doesn't, doesn't mean mm. you get it kind of thing. Um, but also as well, you know, again, just, you know, moving forward, um, I know that I did did everything that I needed to do in training to be, you know, ready for the race physically. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, why I was feeling so rubbish the days, you know, the day and a half before morning of the race. Um, yeah, I mean, again, I'll try and find that out. Um, but if not, um, yeah, it might just be one to sort of, um, yeah, to sort of swipe under the carpet and say, hey, it, it was what it was. Um, you know, there's maybe a few reasons why you felt the way you did. Um, but yeah, hopefully, you know, moving forward, um, yeah, I can just have my my body kind of, you know, behaving how it normally behaves and um yeah, then I can, you know, run and race how I, you know, know that I can sort of thing. So Dare I ask, and it's that cursed question, isn't it? Um what are, what are you reckon what are you thinking's next? I mean, are you, um, you so heading back to New Zealand or you're in Europe for the late summer or? No, nah, so yes, yeah, so we run. Um, so head back to New Zealand. Um, I leave. I think I leave on about the fourteenth September, so a couple of weeks. 
um, and then uh, yes, I'll be back um, yeah mid September, and then uh, the next kind of big race I guess is going to be um, Ultra Trail Australia by UTMB, um, which is the end of October. Um, and so yes, I'm planning on doing the 100k there, um, which is going to be really cool. It's a race that I've kind of got a bit of history with and been to a few times. Um, so that's the next big one. Um, before then, um, yeah, I'll possibly go and do um, the Crater Rim Ultra um, in New Zealand um, as a bit of a tune-up um, for the for the Ultra Trail Australia event. And then um, yeah, look, um, I've just just recently um, organised my flights to go to Thailand in December for Thailand by UTMB. Um, and so yes, I'll do the do the hundred k there as um, as the last race for the season. So um, yes, they're kind of the two. Yeah, Australia, Australia by UTMB, and then yeah, Thailand by UTMB are the two. You know, kind of big ones to come, sort of thing. So oh, that'll be amazing. So I mean, you're gonna need to get the bin bags out, man, for 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 Thailand. Do the training <laughs> around the Port Hills uh, wearing uh, wearing bin bags. Yeah, try and create some heat and humidity um, for sure. Yeah, it's um. <laughs> Yes, yeah, a race that I'm really looking forward to. Um, yeah, I've been to Thailand a couple of times and, uh, yeah, I did a race there a couple of years ago. And, um, yeah, I mean, Thailand's just a combination of, yeah, just amazing people, amazing food, amazing trails, um, the culture. Um, and then, yeah, I'm going to have a, you know, pretty kick ass five day holiday afterwards lying on a beach somewhere. Sick. Um, doing not too much, which will be which will be nice. Um, and so, yeah, and so, yeah, my girlfriend Hannah, she's coming over as well, um, to Thailand, which is going to be amazing. So, um, yeah, we're both really looking forward to, you know, sort of getting over there and, um, you know, experiencing Thailand again and actually bumped into quite a few Thai people, um, at the UTMB event and did an interview with the Thailand by UTMB crew. And, um, yeah, they're just, uh, just excited and about the whole event and they're just telling me how, you know, trail running in thailand is just going absolutely bonkers and um mm. and uh yeah and even um yeah my, my contacts at kylas um have been saying that yeah um like kylas as a brand in thailand is just going crazy just because of the involvement and you know how many more people are out running now and um which is yeah which is exciting because i mean i i thought thailand trail running was bonkers you know four years ago when i was last there sort of thing so right. um yes it's going to be super cool to go back to thailand and um yeah get up get up in the north in chiang mai and um you know experience the trails up there so Oh man, it's it's a it's a it's it's a couple of nice silver linings. I'm stoked you'll be at UTA because Eugene and I are going to be there yeah. on the com- on the commentary team. Yeah. So that'll be super yeah. cool. Hopefully, you know, calling yeah. you over the line. That'll be yeah. that'll be mean ass. Um, look, yeah, man, yeah. what what's on the cards for today? You you're gonna uh, you said the weather wasn't playing too much ball. Yeah, weather but wasn't just, super nice, but yeah, we're actually um because we're wearing Saint Sebastian is really close to the French border, and so um yeah, mum and dad did a a bit of a walking tour yesterday while I was um half comatose lying on the beach asleep um enjoying some sunshine and um yeah they got told of a wee place we can go to where you can apparently catch a little little ferry boat um across to across to an island which is technically france and so it's a bit of a touristy type thing um to do so yeah we might go and um go, go and do that and um it's actually looking like the the rain is slowly easing off which is nice so um yeah i might even um yeah I'll talk, talk to david and me i might even go for for an easy shake out a little half an hour or something later on this evening um get the legs moving again which will be nice um but yes and i just yeah pretty chill for the next little bit and then um yeah on on friday we we drive to andorra um and so yeah i'm just oh just i mean again another silver lining is that i've got relatively fresh legs heading to andorra for six days so um there's going to be some epic trails ahead um up there and actually um yeah i signed um i signed myself mum and dad up for um for a vertical k race on sunday (laughs) 
uh, which is going to be, I'm not sure how happy they were about it, but um, yeah, there's just a, a sort of just like a random little um, little event um, event on not too far from where we're staying in Ordino and Andorra. So um, yes, I'll, I'll do the vertical K on Sunday, but um, yeah, it'll just be kind of just get out and you know have a muck around. And, and actually, when I went on to register, you get, get a pretty cool looking pair of socks with your entry fee. So um, yes, it'll be you know always good to get some some race swag. So um, look yeah. forward to that, but. That'd be cool. Come, come back through customs with the giant cowbell in one hand and the socks in the other. So e- exactly. Oh, honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm, wor- I'm worried about. I'm, I feel like I'm going to drag this bloody wooden cowbell halfway across Europe and then get back to the border of New Zealand, and they're just going to look at me and just think, "What? What were you thinking? Thinking you could bring that back in here?" <laughs> All right, man. We'll, we'll, we'll see how we go. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I cross my fingers for you. It's been so yeah. nice to see. It's been so nice to talk to you again. Look, you know, yeah. I guess on behalf of all of us, you know, we're still, we're, we're, no, we're not still, we're massive fans and can't wait to see what you get up to next. And I'm glad you're feeling, you know, I'm glad you're feeling okay now. So thanks, Scotty. Yeah, cheers, man. Awesome to catch up and, um, yeah, look forward to, to catching up in, in Katoomba in the Blue Mountains. It'll be awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was a great, great conversation. Um, and I hope customs do let you into the country with your cowbell. Your giant cowbell, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if you do want to just look on his Instagram, it's ungainly. Like, mm. I'd be pissed off if I was sitting next to him <laughs> or he was trying to put it in the overhead or, <laughs> you know, like. Oh. Yeah, oh. absolutely. Look, thank you, Scotty. Thank you, Eugene, and thank you very much for tuning in. We're on social media at Dirt Church Radio. You can email us at dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. Find us on all the podcast platforms. Like and subscribe if you fancy, and you can download direct from the website, which is dirtchurchradio.com. That website is where you can also find some greatest runs ever if you want to have a look back through or get inspired or just enjoy them. Uh, And after you've done that, you might want to pick up your pen or your quill and send us your own one in. You can send it into us, dirtchurchradio at gmail.com. We love to hear from you with them, and people love hearing them too. Absolutely. Thanks to our sponsors, Scott Running, Further Faster, Cielli. Thank you to our Patreon patrons in Wild Things and Currens. Thank you to our editor, Kieran. Stay tuned next week. We've got a really great show lined up. Hey, Kona. Thanks, Rigby. <laughs>